Greet you in Jesus' name again this morning. It's good to be here. We are continuing our series of messages. Hope we can wrap this up this morning on giving your ch- child a fair chance. And we've covered a lot of different territory. We're going to keep moving with that this morning. And we'll be going into uh, point number Ten, and that is, and and just a note here, a reminder, uh, how we give our children a chance is without how we as adults deal with life, and how we model it to them. So number ten is to help our children face personal physical limitations and or medical challenges gracefully without vying for attention. Um. No surprise to you, um, it's very evident we live in a fallen world. There's a lot happened back there in the garden. And we have, we experience fallen implications of that world. Um, how we deal with those reverses, so to speak, or Challenges in life, things that life sends to us, has a dramatic impact on how our children behave. Jesus said, if you love people that love you, you're no better than anybody else. But if you love people that don't love you, then you have excelled spiritually. He didn't say it in those words, but that's what he meant. And so it's not the days that everything goes well and everything else that that impact our children or impact people around you the most, it's when things are not going well and how we respond to that. And this song we sang this morning, Come You Disconsolate, I don't know if you noticed the progression of that song. I love this song. Come ye disconsolate wherever ye languish, come to the mercy seat fervently kneel, Here bring your wounded hearts, here tell your anguish, earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. All right, it's good. It's good to go to God and tell him the problems that you have. And uh, Job was kind of to the point where he even sounded like he was accusing God. And But he was expressing his feelings. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as we don't we don't do it in a negative way. Okay, so we th- this song tells us where to go when there's problems. Verse 2, Joy of the desolate, light of the straying, hope of the penitent, fadeless and pure. Here speaks the comforter tenderly saying, Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot cure. So we bring ourselves to God and our sins to God. We bring... We, we tell God that, you know, we have problems with sin. We have, in other words, make sure that you're right with God. And then the Holy Spirit can, opens up the possibility of the Holy Spirit ministering into our lives on a personal basis. And then, notice verse 3, it says, Here see the bread of life, see the waters flowing forth from the throne of God, pure from above. Come to the feast of love, come ever knowing 
Earth has no sorrow heaven can remove. And so as we come to that point, as we share with God the reverses that we have, we, we experience the, the effects of the fallen world around us. Um, and, and we do that and let the Holy Spirit minister to our life. Then is when the food starts coming and the water starts flowing and uh, it becomes a feast. <clears throat> One of the most profound Sunday services in my entire life. How many here have ever heard of Johnny Stolzfus from Pennsylvania? Three or four. Very crippled. Breathing problem. And he stood in front of our church in Ohio and sang Hallelujah Square. Crippled man. He saw a crippled man. He saw a man gasping for breath. And he had to gasp for breath between the phrases of the song. Unbelievable. I was to preach that Sunday. And when he was done, seriously, there was nothing for me to say. And I only preached that morning for his family. If his family, I mean, if he had been there alone, did that, I would have said, the service is over, the sermon has been preached. But his family came to hear a sermon other than Johnny Stolzfus. And so I preach for them. But I have, I will never, ever remember that, forget that service. 1 Corinthians 1.4 was read in devotional. It was an amazing devotional, Wendon. Very well. And it says, Who comforteth us in our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. God puts things into our life. We find that comfort in Christ. And the reason is, so when somebody else gets in a tight spot, we can help them with the comfort that we have received from ourselves. And that's an amazing thing. Uh, our, our deacon in Ohio accidentally shot a girl in the head in a hunting accident. And and people say, you know, there's no point in that. I mean, there's, there's nothing, no, there's, there can't be any good in it. But he made it into a ministry. And when he found out somebody accidentally shot and killed somebody in a hunting accident, he dropped his tools, he went home, he got his wife and said, we're going there. And there's nothing like somebody putting an arm around you and saying, I was where you are. You know, all the rest of us, we guess, you know, we grab for words and we try to find something to say. 
And, and maybe there's nothing to say. I don't know. But a person that's been through it and stays faithful, you and I cannot argue with that lifestyle, that impact. It is tremendous. The young guy, Lonnie Yoder from Ohio, lost, I think, all his fingers in a saw accident. He was changing a saw blade and... He turned the breaker off and somebody turned it back on. Cut all his fingers off. The average person would have went around through Bible school like this. Well, how are you doing? You're like eight o'clock all day long. Not Lonnie Yoder. Hey, how's it going? You know, he's like this. Somebody come in the front and the north door and he's down there by the office and, and he put both hands up and down the hall he ran. Some of the most the student has some of the students that have impacted Maranatha Bible School the most are those who come with physical limitations, and they have accepted them, and they make a tremendous impact. You know, we parents shouldn't be parents that. Spill out our tale of woe of everybody that asks or gives us the opportunity. We shouldn't be doing that. We gotta be realistic. But if our children see us facing difficult circumstances, wherever they may be, health, financial, interpersonal relationships, whatever it is, with a positive attitude combined with victory in Christ, I'm telling you, it's gonna, it, it's gonna impact your child's life for life. It has mine. My mother died from leukemia and not one single word of complaint from her. I will never ever forget that. I don't know that I do that well. But I can tell you one thing, it is possible because I saw one person do it. And to me, that's amazing. We need to be focusing on God's blessings for today. His blessings in the past. And His faithfulness. God knows all about it. So our children need a fair chance by observing their parents responding gracefully to God's complete work in creating, leading, and sustaining them. We need to do that. You know what? Nobody wants to hear the parents whine. They don't want to hear the children whine. So let's follow Christ's example. He was not a whiner. Number 10, by occasionally assigning them responsibility that places them at least mildly out of their comfort zone. Spiritually grow your children. Emotionally grow your children. Grow your children with responsibility. Um, grow them emotionally. Grow them intellectually. 
Uh, I probably said this, but before. But one one time, my dad told me, at 17 years old, I'm supposed to go to Chicago and pick up a printing press for Rod and Staff Publishers. 17 years old, never drove in Chicago. My uncle said, here's the address on a piece of paper, no GPS, nothing. Here's the address. You go to Gary, Indiana, get a night, get a, get a motel for the night, and you call the guy and get address and, and go pick this up and take it to. And, and, and I said, so what if it, this is an old farm truck? I, I'm serious. It, it, like, it, it was not trouble-free. And I said, so what if it breaks down? Oh, he said, just just call somebody and fix it. Now, there was no cell phones either, all right? So you put a white flag on the window till a policeman came along, and then, you know, he tried to get you some help. I, I can't believe that I would do that to my 17-year-old son. And And, but he did give me 1,500 bucks. Which in today's money was nine thousand. <laughs> so, so, but but it, it did something for me. My dad trusted me, all right. And why he did it, I'm not sure. But he pushed me way out of the comfort zone. And Mary Sue and I on the way to Casp. You know, they said, "Would you be?" You know, director for the cast program, Michigan's. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. On the way, it's like, what do we say? What would we do that for? I mean, it's like, this is so far out of my comfort zone. I, I, I'm not sure what to say. It's like, we're about half nuts, you know? And, but on, on the way back, it's like, man, that's great. Man, that was, that, that was really good. And, uh, If we don't push our children out of the comfort zone, they can, they can end up living a very, very narrow, sheltered life. And, uh, and limit their ability to experience tremendous blessing in the kingdom of God. If, if you push them out of their comfort zone. Now, I'm not saying kick them out of the house or anything like that. I'm just simply saying, you can do it. You can do it. Just because you never did doesn't mean you can't. So let's give our children a fair chance by challenging, challenging them into a new experience and, and, and see them experience the rewards. I mean, right here at Bible school, first couple of days, I mean, people stand around and, and they act like from out of space, you know, they're, they just, you know, they don't know what to do with all this. And they, and, you know, all by themselves, especially if somebody doesn't come with a friend. But, you know, the volleyball game, nobody claps or nothing the first night, day and the last, you can't even hear, you know, and it's like they wouldn't change, they wouldn't change it, exchange it for nothing. But they gotta be pushed out of their comfort zone. Like, you need to go to Bible school. And there's a lot of other things like that. Uh, a lot of mission opportunities that, you know, go do it yourself and then prompt your children to go. Number 11, to acknowledge their talents and skills without catering to their pride. 
to reject the temptation to openly compare your children positively or negatively to each other, or others for that matter, for manipulation or family pride purposes. Our children have varying levels of skill. Uh, I don't know that I ever had a problem with being over brilliant, all right? But some people do. Um, Very high IQ. And... You know, children need to be praised for good work. They need to be praised for good social skills. But let's not push them to the point they become proud about their skills and their abilities. Can very much misdirected. I had a young man come to the window here at Bible school, and he says, um, I, I got a question for you. I said, so, okay, far away. He says, uh, it was report card time, and he says, I got two A pluses and an A. What is the problem? Oh, pardon me, three A pluses and an A. I said, I don't know what... What do you mean, what's the problem? I don't see any problem there. He said, well, why don't I get four A pluses? Boy, now we're where we go from this one. I said, well, the best I can explain it is some teachers do not believe in A pluses. They believe in A. I mean, you get A, you get A. That That's it. Like, there's no such thing as an A plus. You can't get... Everything right plus something. And so, yeah. The problem was, his dad was a school teacher, and he was shipping the students 2,000 miles in a van to compete nationally in school competitions. And this young man that I was speaking to tried to complete more, I don't know, I call them light units or whatever, you know what I'm talking about, in a quarter than any single student in the United States of America. Folks, that's wrong. That is so seriously wrong that a parent would allow their child to come under that much pressure. And the implications of what would happen if he did it is wrong. If your child is better and my child, if my child or your child would be better than any other student, United States of America, folks, they don't need to know it.
So we have our skills. We have very brilliant people. We have all, all kinds of people. But our children need to be given the, a fair chance to allow them to see Christians around them in all different circumstances and all levels of intelligence and all, all different skill levels to be able to humbly serve God in the, in God's kingdom. And it's amazing. I have taught Bible school with some very, very intelligent people. Sat beside them. And it, it is challenging to me to be able to sit there comfortably, interact with them socially and on a, on a, educational level and not be intimidated. I mean, people get up in chapel and they can say in five minutes what it takes me 25 minutes to say. You know, and they just do it so well. But, but the people around them are comfortable. They do not flaunt it. They do not tell anybody about it. They just go about their kingdom work doing what they're doing in humility and kindness, and it is so beautiful, so beautiful. And the last one, well, this is going to be a short sermon. Don't fall over here. I don't want anybody passing out on me. Teach your children proper etiquette. Teach your young men to be men. Teach them to lead. One of the pet peeves of mature teenage and older, mature single girls, young ladies, Christian ladies, one of the pet peeves is when men don't lead. We've had situations in Bible school where, I mean, it's, they come in for a volleyball game and the guys stand around and act like, well, I, you know, and, you know, and they go to, and these girls go to class and they say, you know, you're, you're, you're supposed to allow the men to leave, you know, and this is the way God has set it up and, and, and that, that's how it works, you know, that the men lead and, and, and the ladies help along or whatever and they get in his volleyball game and the guys won't do nothing. And finally, some girl says, well, you know, like we need to pick teams. And they hate that. They hate that when the guys will not lead. And the girls got to get up the carloads to go to Minneapolis. You know, it's, they had to get the guys off, off the side here and say, you know what, guys? It's your responsibility to get the carloads to go to Minneapolis. It's your responsibility to get the girls to go along with you. It's your responsibility to take them out to eat. It's your responsibility to pay the bill. You get that. 
You take them, you pay the admission fee, you feed them, you bring them back. Be a man. Alright? Don't just stand there. Yeah. That's what the girls want. That's what the girls are supposed to be. And when the, when it's time to go somewhere, don't just go. Make sure the girls can go first. I've seen in my lifetime what I believe dating relationships fall apart because a guy just barged ahead. And when it's time to eat, when you're, you're, when it's time you have a potluck, the lady, your girlfriend goes first, or your wife goes first. Alright? And you help with the children. Be a man. Alright? Help fill the plates and do whatever it takes to get the children. Don't just go barging through and leave all the children to the wife. Proper etiquette. And when you Bump into somebody, don't say, oops, say, pardon me. And shower every day. Oh, man. I don't think some guys, well, whatever, I won't go into that. I was Dean, and I went in the, the dorm, and it got, two guys were out of bed, and I said, so, so what are you out of bed for? It's, Something stinks, and we ain't stopping till we find it. I said, okay, keep it down, keep it down. And whenever you find it, open the dorm door, throw it outside, and go to bed, all right? I, 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 I sympathize with you. It's unbelievable. Personal hygiene. Then you have the guys that go off in a ditch in the other end, and they put so much axe on that you can't hardly breathe. And the girls, one year they, they put this little sign up, you know, hey guys, Take it easy on the axe, the girls. You know, it's like, all right. You know, I mean, it's like we can't even get our breath. Teach your teach your boys to respect girls. Teach them that a girl is worth every much as a guy. That's not proper English. You know what I mean. There is no difference in value. There's difference in roles, no difference in value. God does not place different values on the in the two sexes. They are equal in value, different in role. And so, teach your teach your sons not to. Oh, what is this word? Be condescending to the girls. Alright? Like there's something inferior and they just can't quite get it. So you've got a rainbow over them in a ball game and have them knock them over to 
make sure that the ball finder was on the side. And they feel like they're trash. They're in the way. Because these guys are all over the, the girls, bumping them and taking the ball over top of their head to get them on the other side of the a volleyball court. Extremely rude. Teach him not to girl watch. You know what spooks the girls out? A guy that stands in the hall like this. He's back against the hall and he's watching the girls go by. Like, yeah! Girls aren't objects. They're people. They need respected. Teach them respect for girls. And their sisters are a good start. Alright? Maybe that's pretty tough, but, you know, that's, it's, it's, you don't beat up on your sister. You know, you, you treat her with respect. Um, you know, you're not supposed to hone your boxing skills on her. You know, you, you, you treat her like a lady. Teach your boys how to eat properly. You don't eat like a pig. I mean, you know, you, you, you don't have to get it all down in five minutes. I went to a friend's house one time, and I don't know if it's family tradition or what, but they passed the food around, and everybody bent over their plate, and they went like this. And nobody said anything. It's just like, shovel it in as fast as you can. And, you know, you say please, and you say thank you, and, and, uh, I've worked with people many, many years and never heard one thank you at any point in time when I helped them. Teach your boys to know how to dress properly. I'm not sure how to describe this. Sometimes it's faddish to look like you crawled out of bed. All right, that's for the girls, for the guys. Sometimes I don't know. I've seen girls that they they say they do it. They comb with their fingers. I don't know. And it looks like it too. I, I don't know. But but I, I use this word. With caution, all right? But teach your children how to dress with class. I use that word class with caution because not class like the world uses the term class, but know how to dress up. Well, 
with reserve. Okay? Not flaunting, not showing it off. Just very neat, very clean. There, there is something, there is something about a Christian that dresses humbly, dresses well, dresses However, it, it, it shows, I, I think it reflects on the character of Christ. It, it, I just think it does. So, um, yeah, teach him how to have a sense of humor. Everybody needs a sense of humor. Do you ever meet somebody that have a sense of humor? I, just no sense of humor. It just kind of makes life long. <laughs> it just kind of, everything kind of drags. If, you know, uh, a good, clean sense of humor goes a long way for uh, either gender. And teach them to respect authority. Disrespect of authority puts our children on a path that is very, very sad. And and, and we as adults need to model that. Respecting authority. The girls... Teach your girls not to flirt and chase the guys. I've seen that in a Bible school setting. And usually what happens, the lowest common denominator meets the lowest common denominator. And it doesn't set your child up for a good life companion. We had a girl here that had a new boyfriend every week, and I don't understand it. It's like, all right, the first week she had a boyfriend, then the second week she had a boyfriend. Now, who is going to be sucker enough to be the third one? Because he knows if he thinks this far, there's going to be somebody else the next week, and he's going to look like a fool. All right? Yeah. And And what a reputation. How can you set up a relationship if you just keep going through them, you know, and I, I don't know the logic, but a girl can have lots of fun and not be the life of the party. Girls can do that. They, they can have a lot of fun and not be the person that has six guys around her in the hall. And teach your children to be a lady. Teach your girls to be a lady. Went to Minneapolis airport. Picked up this young girl. 
not lady, girl. Pulled up the curb. She jumped in, very unladylike, sat there, very, very unladylike. And I said, oh boy, here we go. This has got to be a country bumpkin of some sort that doesn't know what's going on. And so we start out the airport and we're on 494 and I say, so, uh, so, like, what do you do? Oh, we raise pigs, she said. We raise pigs. And she went on to tell me all the strains of the pigs and which kind of pigs had the best breeding and all this stuff. And, and you know, it's like, where are the parents? All right. I, I can go with a pig thing if everything else was okay. All right. But she was not taught to be a lady. Say this carefully, but her actions could have been interpreted way wrong by the wrong person. Way wrong. I got back to Bible school and I told the matron, you got your hands full. You have some instruction to do. You have some things to teach this young lady. She was at a very, very disadvantage. She did not have a fair chance. And I felt bad for her. As she interacted with the other girls and with the guys. I, I really, really felt bad. And I don't know what it what it was. I don't know. I said this is going to get done early. Okay, so I don't know what the problem was. But but sometimes I think I've observed in my life materialism creates creates limited outside act, interaction in some families to the point where the children can't even fit in. They work and they work and they work and they work and the only thing that they know to talk about is what breed of pigs put on weight faster. Pardon me. I'm not against farming. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying the simply that it can happen in any, any situation. I'm just simply saying that Social graces, graces. Need to, the, the, the moms need to teach the, the, the girls social graces so that they, when they get into a group setting, when they, when they get in settings of mixed gender, that they're not taken wrong, that they know the proper reserve. They know how to, for example, have a sense of humor without coming across aggressive or, or, Whatever. You see how we as God's people interact with the culture around us is either going to push people from the kingdom or it's going to draw people into the kingdom. And that is especially true, I don't minimize older people, but that is especially true 
with youth simply because youth are expected in our culture to be wild, to do all kinds of things, and when a godly youth is showing godly social characteristics and good godly spiritual perspective, it is an amazing testimony for Jesus Christ. Amazing. It is so un, uh, unheard of that people take up, take up and notice. So let's give our children a fair chance in these ways. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for the Christian home. Thank you for the blessings of knowing you. Lord, thank you for our spouses, those you have given us, and the blessing they've been to our lives. Thank you for children. Thank you for the home. The place where only, the only place where Christ's true love can be evidenced in all its aspects. Thank you for the amazing opportunity that we have in bringing our children up for you. I pray that you would give us wisdom. I pray for each family here, each child, each young folk, each parent. God, I pray that you would walk with us. Our culture is fallen. Our world is fallen. But your your word and your people stand out as the only hope to a lost and dying culture. I pray that our children will grow up and love and serve you. Bless them. And I pray that the church of Jesus Christ would be strengthened, we'd be faithful, till you return. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.